So welcome to this week's edition of the Retail Risk Podcast, sponsored by Alltag, and thanks to our supporting partners, 3X Logic, Aura, Lodge Service, and Intrepid Security, as always. Now, my guest this week is Mark Stafford. Mark is the Sales Director for Australia and New Zealand at Checkpoint. Mark, a very good day to you. Thank you very much indeed. Good day to you, Paul. Lovely to see you. We can let people in on the secret. It's my good morning and your good afternoon, but always a pleasure. Um, you, you and I have known each other for a few years, so it's fabulous that we finally get a chance uh, to uh, to get a podcast under our belt as well. It is. Now, good fun. It's good to see you, Paul. Likewise. So before we get going, come on then, give me your background and career to date, and how on earth did you end up in the risk LP world? Well, you're right. It's very niche, isn't it, our industry? And um, it was, I was, I think I was running a courier company around London um, in, oh God, I'm going to give my age away now and it sounds, it, it makes me sound really old, but I um, I saw an advert in the, I think it was the Daily Telegraph or the Evening Standard um, for a sales representative to look, to look after um, security sales for a company called Sonalco in 1989. So I, I applied got the job and um yeah never looked back really and I, I love it I still love it as sort of the, the, the day I joined really um a few career progressions since then but absolutely loving it so come on then give give me the thread because evening standard hugely popular paper in London uh, but you're not sat in London anymore so take take me through where did you go from from that first initial sales role where where was the thread come on talk me through Okay. Right yeah. So um, I got the job um, as a as a, a sales manager, account manager in, in London uh, for Sonelco. I then got promoted, did some uh, major account work, um, got Boots the Chemist online, got HMV going. Um, I then got various roles with Sonelco, then rebranded as Sensomatic, a plug for plug for Sensomatic. Um, and um, I then got promoted into sales management, ran the national accounts team, um, went into marketing. Uh, started their source tagging division. Um, and then what I did, I, I I was there for probably 15, 16 years. And I got offered an opportunity there to um, run their Middle East business partner program. And I absolutely loved it. I was traveling backwards and forwards from London to um, beautiful places, Lebanon, Saudi Arabia, uh, Dubai, absolutely loved it. But then after two years, I think it really started to take its toll on me and the family. So, but we doubled the, doubled the revenue. And doubled it second year um and then i thought i really fancy a change so we decided to set up our own um eas security um tagging company in brisbane in australia um i had relatives my wife had relatives here um so we thought you know what could go wrong and um love this beautiful country and um where yeah, we moved in 2003 so that was a bit of a fast forward to 2003 but and that went really well. I loved it. And, and that went really, really well. Um, worked with some of the major retailers here, which I still do. And uh, and then um, I think from then on, we'd always worked, I'd always worked alongside Checkpoint. I had a lot of synergies with their team. So they have a, an amazing team at Checkpoint. And um, yes, we competed, but we also worked alongside each other. And I was approached and said, Mark, this is getting crazy. Why don't you come join us and see what you can achieve with with uh, with, with Checkpoint? So yeah, look, and um, again, I haven't looked back. So, yeah, and sales director at Checkpoint. So, so uh, no, absolutely loving it. I'm absolutely loving it, Paul. Fantastic, and and obviously, yeah, Australia and New Zealand market as well. So, you know, you've you've got two 
amazing uh, countries to look after that. So uh, yeah, hopefully taking slightly less of a toll on you than uh, commuting all around the Middle East as well. It is. It is. It's, it's crazy though when you talk to people in, in the UK about about those distances and. You know, you've got to hop on a flight to see my team in Melbourne, or got to hop on a flight to see my team, or two-hour flight to, to Melbourne, hour and a half flight to Sydney. Um, you know, you could get halfway across Europe from London for for that, but it, it's the distances are crazy. Um, but no, it's fun, and you get used to it. It's not, it doesn't doesn't. I get up early in the morning, be on the six o'clock flight, and you know, you're in in Melbourne or Sydney by eight eight thirty. So, um, yeah. and, and all the same yeah. time zone as well. So that always helps a little bit. So look, yes, way back when. Young Mark, in the UK, peering out of the window at school. Uh, what was your actual intended career? I've just seen the Chelsea Football Club mug there. Were you? Were, did you dream of being a footballer? What was the intended career way back when? Oh, well, I was certainly never never good enough. I played for my school side, never good enough to get any further than my school side. Um, but I did... Um, it's, it's crazy. I wanted to be an air traffic controller, believe it or not. And um, I, I even I applied to be an air traffic controller. I think I might have got past the first test, but then no, I, 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 I'm glad I didn't because I think I, I can be very, um, I, I'm very passionate about what I do and quite excitable. So I think I would probably be the worst person to, to land and, and to, to get pl uh, planes taking off. So yeah, that was my career goal. That's what I wanted to do, and um, and but I, I think I, I grew out of that um, as 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 I grew up, and um, yeah, it's I've always I've just had a bit of a bit of a, a knack for for sales and love people, love talking to people, and um, so yeah, it's no, it's an interesting question though. You can't be too chatty, can you, as an air traffic controller? Sort of ask how people's day is or what or build relationships. You've got to be a little bit more transactional. So yeah, pro probably best you ended up where you did. Yeah, but I can be a bit excitable as well. So that's probably not the best temperament to be with your air traffic controller either. <laughs> I've got visions of, uh, of of a crazy Mark Stafford running around West Drayton, isn't it? In the, in yeah. West of London, that uh, they're in a bunker there with everything working, so going crazy. Yeah. So yeah, but best that didn't happen. No, so, that's right. Talk to me about your day to day now. So you know, you sit down in the morning. What takes up the bulk of your time uh, at Checkpoint? Yeah. Yeah, great question. Um, very different every day. Um, filled with well, I, I start pretty early as I mentioned. New Zealand to come online a couple of hours before we do, so I'm always in touch with my team over there quite early. Um, all about really customers. I love talking to customers, um, and it's um, checking with the team on how trials are going, speaking to customers around new products, um, how things are generally, what challenges that they have. Talking to new customers as well as existing. Um, making sure that the team are talking to the new customers about new products and existing customers about new products. Um, and there's lots going on at Checkpoint on that side. So lots, always lots to talk about. But yeah, look, we, we're quite lucky because we've got a pretty experienced team and, and around the country um, in each state as well. You know, Australia's, how Australia is structured, but we've got um, uh, various states. and We have teams in each state. So that makes it really easy when we're running a project to, to involve them. Um, so I'm talking to them a lot every day. Um, a crazy fact, actually, I think uh, most of our account managers, account directors have been with the company 15, 20, and well, some of the 25 years. So it's, yeah, it's, big, it's a big drawer of, of uh, experience to, 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 to draw from. So. Yeah, it certainly helps, I guess, when everybody knows where the water cooler is and the name of the main, uh, main clients. It keeps relationships going.
For every type of business, the power of a data-driven security video management system designed to give you total control anywhere, anytime. 3X Logic. All of these customers, you've been in the industry a long time. What are the sort of specific challenges you're seeing at the minute? What are you focusing on at Checkpoint? Because, you know, broad range of, of products, but what are, what are people asking for? You know, what are you pushing, if you like? What do you feel that retailers need? Any exciting new tech coming along? I mean, what are those conversations? Yeah, look, I think um, there's an enormous groundswell on RFID at the moment, Paul, um, with RFID Fresh as well, which is geared around meat, inventory control of meat and inventory control of um, expiry dates on meat, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a really big, I mean, RFID has been talked about for 20 odd years, um, but it really, particularly in Australia now, there's a massive groundswell. So we're, we've got a, 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 um, a team just on RFID um, who are doing really well that I work really closely with. Um, so that coupled with, I guess, um, shrink shelf as well. I think you saw that at retail risk Sydney, um, that again, we've got some national rollouts going with that at the moment as well. And that's about anti-sweeping, um, tidying up people's planograms, making sure that, um, thieves don't, um, clean sweep the, the oil of Olay or L'Oreal, um, but, um, and pharmaceutical products, but so that's really good. Um, we're doing a lot of, also we're doing a lot of upgrades. We're doing a lot of, you know, I think EAS is, has been around for a long time, um, but we're doing a lot of upgrades to new tech as well, where we can, particularly the geography in Australia, where it's really important that we can remotely monitor tagging systems in Darwin or in Alice Springs, et cetera, rather than sit flying in a tech. So there's a lot going on on that side. So yeah, a lot of exciting things. I'm looking forward to showing you them in, uh, down, in, down in Melbourne as well. Yeah, it's um, interesting. You know, you forget sometimes how long, RFID has been around. And I was reminded that uh, recently Gartner do something, Gartner, the analyst firm, do something called the hype curve. And they talk about when a new piece of technology comes out and it does that straight to the top. Everybody goes, yay, this is brilliant. And RFID yeah. went on that journey. People rolled it out and went, ah, oh, okay, maybe it doesn't quite do what it did in the laboratory. And then it sort of gradually falls away. And then over a long period of time, it comes back up again, and then it starts to actually fulfill that initial promise. And it feels yeah. as if RFID is now fulfilling that initial promise. So would you agree? Is it a must-have now for, for many retailers? Do you have to have it to keep up? I, I think you absolutely do. Um, in terms of, of it, it can have such a, an impact on, on your sales um, by just getting that inventory correct um and that accuracy and that that then kicks into the omni channel as well with, with online sales as well knowing where your where your stock is at all times and and what is there then that's absolutely key but you're right what you say it, they, we talked about it in 1989 1990 um so but look we're, we're pretty lucky um we're pretty lucky at checkpoint because we we do manage that end-to-end piece so we we manufacture our own rfid labels we manage we manufacture develop our own software and we've got hardware as well. So we can see that that piece is really growing, Paul, really growing here. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah it, it does feel, you know, that whole inventory accuracy piece, that feels like the number one, you know, must have for any retailer. And RFID is probably the biggest enabler of that. So, uh, yeah, great, great time to be in the RFID business. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So look, one of the questions that comes up time and time again at retail risk events is, is how people influence the board, if you like, or put forward a project and get funding for it. 
I've got to ask you, you know, you've been around, you know, a year or two, as you alluded to at the start. Well, what do you think of the top tips? You know, if somebody's looking going, okay, you know, I know we need RFID, but I'm struggling to get buy-in. What, what's your top tip? Do you get involved with retailers, brands, and end users when they're putting the, the business case forward? And, and you know, what, what do you think is there? Is there a, is there a silver bullet? if you like, for kind of getting boards to go, okay, yeah, we'll release this CapEx funding or, you know, Yeah. Uh, look, it's a, a really, really, really good question. Um, it's, it is all about the ROI, um, and the, the board are really only interested in, in the numbers. There'll be lots of sort of sizzle and, and um, um, inc- excitement from the stores level, but it's, but it's, got to, it's got to make sense. I think once you, once you put a proof of concept in and even justifying it, Paul, on the, let, the saving time on, on stock takes, even that blow, blows people away, let alone the, the accuracy of stock and, and uh, fulfillment and replenishment um, and um, managing stock that way. So I think for me um, and a, a board member seeing that, that, that return on investment, I think would be convinced. And I think I don't think we've got a case at the moment where it's, it's 50-50. It's always, it's all crikey, we've got to do it. So. Yeah, and I guess that comes back to that proof of concept, isn't it? Just just doing one or two stores, trialling, seeing what goes on, and then just analyse the data. And I guess from your point of view, yeah. if you get that proof of concept, do you feel as if, right, here we go, we're in the mix, we've got buy-in, we know that the data's going to show they need to do something, and then it's just a case of winning that that tender? It is. Once, once you, if you get a finance director in a store, you've already done the RFID tag up, you've got everything ready to go, and you take the handheld scanner and you do a stock take and you do 20,000 items in, say, two, three, four minutes, um, you see their jaw drop, drop. I think for me, you know, then that the next question is going to be, well, how quickly can we implement or how, you know, what's the next steps? Um, so, it, it is, and and that that um, it, as I said earlier, just just justifying that time saving alone is a is a big enabler. Um, but it, there's there's more to RFID than, than that, you know, the replenishment and and um, you know receiving of stock, receiving a pallet of stock, you know, within a two, couple of seconds, you know exactly what's being received. It's 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 mind blowing. Yeah, I am still traumatized from. Um... Uh, you know, way back when working for Sainsbury's Home Base, which is a DIY chain that Bunnings had a play with uh, recently. Uh, yeah. And, um, you know, the the, the huge uh, 18-wheeler would arrive, the pallets would be unloaded, and reams of people spent hours going through lists of paper trying to check off, you know, nails and drill pieces, and invariably you couldn't figure out anything. So it just ended up on a really expensive tick exercise that you hoped was about right but my goodness me the cost of every delivery coming into every store and they tried blind deliveries and then all the the loss was in the stores then we made the truck driver actually wait there at one point while we checked off the entire delivery and then that just broke the logistics so i mean it was just horrendous so yeah yeah being able to scan in deliveries and know what you've got yeah i'd, I'd, I'd now actually go back uh into supply chain or goods in but uh yeah i, I know I, i'm still terrified yeah. now of, of, of the, <laughs> that, that 
Here's the page. And that still happens. Yeah. I mean, I think, and that and that identifying of short deliveries, you'd be amazed how many short deliveries there are these days as well. So, so it's yeah, oh. it's incredible. Yeah, we we you know we were almost taught to uh, if you thought that uh, your stock file was showing to that that the store might have a leakage, then uh, yeah, it was uh, surprising how often a pallet of lawnmowers might go missing or uh, or be short delivered. So uh, yeah, yeah that, I, I've said this before. That's a, the the, uh, the things I was taught. You're probably the same as uh, on some management trainee programs about uh, inventory management and stock taking is uh, is definitely a uh, tell-all chapter in the book one day absolutely yeah but it's it's game it's game changing i it really will it'll be it's it's we can see it and it's yeah it's incredible to watch yeah, yeah. so so look i'm really pleased that you're going to be joining us at retail risk melbourne at the melbourne cricket ground the mcg uh yes. in august other than your big smiling face on the stand what 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 are you going to be <laughs> talking to people about anything in particular people can expect from checkpoint any new great freebies or giveaways maybe yeah well i'm probably sound like a broken record but we've got a couple of we've got a couple of retailers that will be talking about rfid um one in particular um has had a bit of a change of direction um with rfid and hasn't been ashamed to 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 do that um and um we've also got one of the big national retailers to talk about their program as well so um that's that's going to be, um, I guess, a little bit different to what, what we did before. We've got some um, interesting technology to target uh, organised retail crime, ORC, um, mainly around um, GPS tracking as well. That's that's really exciting. Um, and also Alpha Zone, so a, a product that we can, um, I guess, zonally protect high-risk items in the store rather than wait till the alarm goes off at the exit. We'll actually be able to detect movement of product within the store. That's going to be that's going to be really interesting. And um, and one thing that went down really well at, at, in Sydney was was shrink shelf as well. Uh, I mentioned earlier. So I think we're going to be be showing that again, and a few labels, a few different types of labels as well. So yeah, no, it's exciting. Looking forward to seeing you again. Actually, it'll be good. And, uh, yeah, yeah no, it'll be good. Yeah, I, I know. It's uh, we're, we're absolutely thrilled from a, a vendor point of view. We are completely sold out and full we've got some new people coming to play as well the number of registrations has gone crazy i thought i knew quote unquote every retailer worth talking to in australia but we found some more with with with, <laughs> with number of stores as well so uh yeah long they, they've obviously heard about you and the parties paul i think that's probably <laughs> what the probably what the, the reason is for that oh no, it's good that's good great great party this year with uh with the fabulous dave hughes entertaining us and uh Followed by uh, you know, superstar DJ yet to be announced. So uh, yeah, watch this space. Oh, he's going to be hilarious, I think. No, it'll be good. That was a good call, actually. Yeah, that's good. For those that don't know, uh, Dave Hughes, well worth <coughs> Googling him, one of Australia's uh, top comedians and a very, very funny guy indeed. So uh, yeah, really looking forward to that. Yeah, he's, he's good fun. It'll be, good. It'll be really good. So look, just a quick one. I mean, you probably touched on this already, but if you were opening your... Uh, grocery store today what do you think are the top two three bits of technology what are the, what's the go-to magic that i need to uh, to protect my modern retail outlet well after 30 years of the industry you think you'd be i'd be bored with eas but I, eas has still got a um a really big place um i was with a customer this morning actually and the team were installing um uh security antennas for protection of meat 
meat theft is just huge here, um, as it is, I'm sure, around, around, around Europe and the rest of the globe. Um, but I still get very excited about EAS, and and um, they might, yeah, that's a, a must, a must, uh, a, a must have. And you know, the, it, again, the, the the effects on on shrink 40, 50 percent reduction uh, as soon as the the technology goes in. So that technology obviously has Im improved a lot over the years. But um, that's probably the first thing, and I still get very excited about EAS trials and and um, and and working with customers on that side. Um, goes without saying, RFID again, people's face when they see a a scan for their first cycle count. Um, I think it is the future. I think it will be something that people will be able to improve their business businesses a tremendous amount. Um, so they're probably the two things I'd, I'd be, be my go-to. I think. And, and a nice, uh, a nice uh, smattering of checkpoint logos as well. If you deploy EAS and uh, an RFID as well, what more? Absolutely. Could you... Go, go. What more could you want? Exactly. It goes without saying, Paul. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, look, final question. Yeah, retail around the world has had a tough few years how do you mm. see the future of australian retail in particular store openings any new channels e-com what what's going on what's your sense yeah look at it look it is really tough at the moment i think with you're right what you said interest rates standard of living so cost of living has, has, has gone up um there's a lot more aggression in the stores um against uh, store staff um that that said i think there's still a lot of upbeat conversations around retail um there are some retailers that have, have closed a few doors, but others that have, have ramped up their technology with online. Um, I think, um, again, with RFID, they'll get a greater visibility. Um, and one of our large customers that's in the travel um, accessory and baggage business, opening up 15 to 20 stores this year, um, big wide open stores, the stores look amazing. Um, and they're not closing, they're just opening, probably, as I say, about 20 stores this year. So. I think there's still a bit of there's a little cautiousness, Paul, but I think a lot of opt optimism about retail as well. Um, yeah, I think it's it's it is tough, but I think people are positive. Yeah, it does feel that those that it's a horrible thing to say, but those that are left, if you like, um, are in generally quite a strong position. They've got a clear plan and identity, and you know, like you say, you know, some niche players opening new stores as well. So you know, it does feel mm -hmm. as if there is a a return to the stores, e-coms sort of settled down a lot of people realizing the the actual cost of shipping and returns as well so you know in europe we're seeing you know free returns disappearing you're having to pay to return uh yeah. you've ordered online so yeah whether that trend's going to continue and, and become the norm in australia as well it'll be interesting to see yes absolutely and i think you know self-checkout still still big rfid is going to have a play there um I think some of the some of the interesting technology, which was, I guess, the jury's out in terms of the legality, but you know, AI face recognition. I think that'll have to start playing a playing a, a, a part. Interesting to see there's a, a session on that in in Melbourne, so I think that's going to be really interesting. Yeah, we've been involved with regulators around the world, actually, just sort of part of the the consultation around what can you do, what do you do with the data straight away, how do you store data, and there's been, I think, New Zealand have. Uh, you know, given the go-ahead with some caveats, my expectation is Australia will follow with a similar guideline. The UK has just rubber-stamped um, facial recognition in retail outlets. But there is caveats, but it's it's completely workable. It does not make it unusable. So again, the upside seem huge. So uh, yeah, I think I think that's on the way. Um, mm, make it I think you're right. The whole privacy 
debate there. That's yet to be seen. I think uh, that might 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 be a bit of a laggard on that front. But I think you know Europe possibly missing Asia and Middle East at the at the moment, and then yeah, Australia looked like leading the way on that. So that's quite exciting. Yeah, terrific. Yeah, absolutely. Totally in agreement with it. It's got to happen. I think it's it's it's. Uh... Yeah, no, it's interesting times. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mark, it's always an absolute pleasure. I love catching up with you. Always a, a, a bright point of the day. Um, thank you very much for taking the time. I'll see you at Retail Risk Melbourne at the MCG very soon. But for now, Mark, thank you very much indeed. My pleasure. Great to see you, Paul. All the best. Cheers.